Robert Williams is close to coming back. Seems like it. What does that mean for the starting unit? But more importantly, what does that mean for the finishing unit? Plus, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart. Should their roles change? I don't think so. We'll talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champions. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast wherever podcasts exist. So however you want to get this podcast, subscribe. You can even watch the show on YouTube, and I do appreciate you making this show your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player, now covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Today, we'll start off with Robert Williams. Didn't talk about him enough in the postgame because I talked mostly about the game against the Knicks, a little bit about the Bulls win. But today, we'll get much more into the Robert Williams stuff. Later on, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I promised a little bit more discussion with, about Malcolm Brogdon and his minutes. And Marcus Smart who I think has shown like the best and the worst of himself this season. And the last game was the absolute best of himself. So we'll talk about all of that in just a moment. First, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Today's episode uh, for first-time users is uh, you can get a 100% instant deposit match worth up to $100. So deposit 100, get 100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com with the promo code locked on. And before we get started, Shout out to my nephew and the Lincoln High School Unified Volleyball Team. Just want to give them a congratulations. They won the state championship. Unified Volleyball is in conjunction with Special Olympics, and it's a nice combination of uh, uh, students with special needs and and other students, and uh, they get together and help help uh, each other play uh, these these volleyball games. And they'll they're going to start up a basketball thing. It's a great program and. Lincoln High School, where my nephew uh, goes to high school, uh, just won the state championship in Rhode Island. So congrats to those guys. All right, let's bring in Tom Westerholm to discuss basketball stuff. Tom, how you doing, my man? I'd rather talk about Lincoln stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, it was a, it's a real fun thing to watch because you see the just absolute joy in kids who might not normally be out there playing sports, but now they're, you know, with some assistance and encouragement they're out there and they're, they're making they're making some plays, man. It was it's a it's a really fun program. Um, like I said, it's in conjunction with the Special Olympics and, and yeah, yeah, that was that was fun, man. It's, it's, it was a fun ride to watch these guys go, and you know, it, it's a teaching experience, uh, it's a learning experience. It's it's just it's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Congrats and, and shouts. That's awesome. Yeah, and and he just said, yeah, we're we're getting ready to start unified basketball. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's that's going to be a lot of. Fun. Um, so, I mean, really cool that the, uh, special Olympics has that going on. And, and so, yeah, I can't say enough about it. That's, it was, it's great. Uh, great to see everybody participating. Uh, let's, uh, let's get, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Okay. Great, great, great. Yeah. I'm done with you now. (laughs) Uh, Let's, uh, because Robert Williams, 
spoke before the game in New York and I wasn't at the game in New York, but he spoke to reporters and, you know, I, I, I did hear the audio, uh, after the fact and, you know, he's, he's very careful to say that, you know, there are check marks to hit there. There are checkpoints to hit, but he's on the floor. He's working out. They're trying to make sure he's not too explosive. He's out there. He's dunking. Uh, when he was asked if he was, you know, are, are you dunking? He's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was very, uh, yeah, this is, uh, but, but he's we're we're past the six week point point, Tom. And all of these things that we're, we're seeing here with the Celtics, how much of this is just going to get fixed by virtue of Robert Williams being back and and back at like a hundred percent, like when he's backing up the speed, just having him on the floor, and not only that, but being able to bring Derek White off the bench, and and just go with that unit and and run some second units with with Rob, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, and Sam Hauser. How do you defend that lineup with all that shooting? That I. I so I'll, I'll, re, I'll revert to my my initial question: How much gets fixed just by Rob getting back? Well, it's I mean to to go with your second question anyway. It's wild that you I mean think about this right? Al Horford, it, like it, we, we talked about Grant Williams being like uh, I think on the last time we we spoke, one of my hot takes of the season is that I think Grant Williams is going to be a starter at at some point. You could experiment with that. Put him next to Rob, you know, like put him in there. Put Al Horford on the bench. Buy that guy some minutes on the bench. See how those lineups look. How good is Al Horford coming off your bench with those units that are just moving the ball and zipping it around everywhere? I mean, there are just there are so many possibilities when Rob comes back. Defensively, I am interested to see what that fixes and what it doesn't. Because so what Rob does do is he prevents a team like the Knicks from scoring so many points in the paint, right? Mm. Like from prevent like some of those shots are getting blocked, some of them are getting altered, some of them are just simply getting discouraged because you don't want to go in there against Rob. You know that he's that he's down there, and that makes a big difference as well. Now, I think one of the things that we've talked about quite a bit is that the Celtics are getting blown by more this season than they have been in previous years. And like Rob helps with some of that, but he doesn't help with all of it because you know Rob helping then opens up other opportunities. Like that, there's drive and kick and drive and pass and all that stuff. So it's not it's not it's not like a, a perfect you know be all end all fix. And look, the Celtics need to fix these things anyway. Because there's no guarantee that Rob is going to get healthy and then stay healthy for the rest of the year. We've talked about all that stuff. However, Rob Williams coming back is like huge. I, I mean, that man can do so many things on both ends. I mean, I can't wait. Honestly, I can't wait to see the offense because we're watching this absolute juggernaut first in the NBA in uh, points per 100 possessions uh, per cleaning the glass yesterday, um, after yesterday's game. Like, we're watching this absolute juggernaut offense that doesn't even have its like vertical spacing lob threat on the floor right mm-hmm. now. Um, and not for nothing, that vertical spacing lob threat, really good at kicking the ball out to three-point shooters, and all of a sudden, the Celtics can't miss three-pointers. They're just like a, <laughs> like an abs- – you know, they're, they're making everything from downtown. Like I think Sam Hauser is going to have a lot of fun playing on the same you know half-court offense as Robert Williams. So, I, I mean, it's only good things, right? Rob Williams is, is such a good player and such an impactful player. I'm really excited to see how it looks, and – I still think the Celtics need to fix, you know, their defensive issues. I don't think that he's a perfect cure-all, but it's going to be a lot of fun. 
just struck me that Sam Hauser might be the absolute inverse of Robert Williams <laughs> in every possible way. He is everything that Robert Williams is not. So, uh, to, and, and to the point where it, it the, just so an insight into my, how my, my mind works, I was thinking that Robert Williams going to have so much fun just throwing kickouts to Sam Hauser for three. And I was like, geez, that's a lot. In a lot of ways, that's how much fun people have throwing lobs to Robert Williams. And for people watching on YouTube, you just saw Tom Westerholm disappear. But that's that's my thought process, that Sam Hauser is not a, a leaper. He's not oh, – welcome back, Tom Westerholm. Sam Hauser is not a leaper. He's not, not a great defender. Uh and he's a tremendous shooter, and Robert Williams is none of those things. He's the exact opposite of all those things, uh, and in other ways. So, yeah, isn't that, anyway. what, isn't that what makes basketball so beautiful, though? I love it. Like those two guys are like it's just like the perfect balance of the universe. You know, you got like yes. these two guys, like they are going to be a really good pairing. Um, you know, let me think. They they have the potential to be a really good pairing, precisely because they're perfect inverses. They bring such yeah. different things. To the basketball court. I, I I like basketball, man. It's a good sport. <laughs> uh, Rob's return, obviously. I mean, I, I don't think we're being any uh, uh, insightful, any in, incredibly insightful by saying Robert Williams is going to help when he returns. Um, and I do think, I do think stylistically, you can almost bake the blow buys into your defensive style because you know that. Hey, I don't have to stay in front of this guy. All I have to do is angle him just enough right. to go kind of like, I'm not trying to stop him. I'm just trying to encourage him to go this way. And then you get that late veering switch that as, as you're kind of guiding the guy down the lane and it looks like he's past you. Rob comes up to deter the drive and you just peel off to Rob's guy. Right. And, sure. and, and now that guy is, you're either jumping into a passing lane or you're discouraging a pass there. And Rob has now blocked. You talk about eclipse. Rob has now blocked the, the lane. And that's when you see the guys do like that baby mean where he comes around the corner and goes, Oh, and then goes back around. That's that's what guys who drive down the lane do against Robert Williams. So I think the blow buys, while obviously you want to stay in front of a guy as long as much as possible, you can say, Oh crap, I'm I'm beat, but get back enough to kind of drive a guy a certain way, and then you switch later. There are ways to work that kind of into the plan. And it's only because Rob can step up at the last second and be like, no, <laughs> no, for sure. And I mean, look, like that's a big, like that type of thing is one of the reasons why the Celtics defense worked so well last year. Cause like, and I, I, I maintain like, I, I, I kind of, I, I'm still worried that the, like the, if the Celtics end up relying on Rob too much to fix everything on their defense, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to get, I, I, I mean, don't want to get, I don't want to get too depressing about it, but um, you know, Rob has has not always stayed on the floor, but you're right. No, so, I it's mean, true. You know that like that style matters quite a bit. And look, like the Celtics rely do rely on Rob a lot. It's like it, it like you said, we're not breaking a lot of ground here. 
the Celtics rely on their third best player. Like, I don't know what you yeah. want us to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, the, the time frame has been eight to 12 weeks. And I think one thing that we've learned here from Rob, even he said, and I don't know if he was allowed to say this, but he said it anyway, <laughs> that they created that window to give him time just in case he had a setback. And so he's working his way back. It's two weeks from the, the window. He hasn't had a setback yet. He had the PRP injection to help encourage the, the healing. And that's, that makes sense. I, I, a lot of people made a, a big thing about, you know, platelet rich plasma going into the knee, but there's not a lot of blood flow into that area. So that, that blood for people don't, the blood is part of the healing process. The blood is what carries the healing, you know, uh, entities into the knee. So that I can see how that would simply be something that encourages the healing. And so everything's been going well, according to Rob. And so the time, when will he be back? Unclear, unclear. My deduction is that eight to 12 was a, it, it seems like from what I've been hearing, what I've been seeing that it seems like that was intentionally long. So they could say, okay, you can have a setback. We don't have to, if they said six to eight and it became nine, then we'd say, was there a setback? And they'd have, they might have to say yes, or he might say yes. But if they say eight to 12 and it's nine and there was a setback in the middle, they don't have to tell us that there's a setback. They just say, Hey, look, nine weeks, we said eight to 12, but it's hard to tell. It's hard to get a, a gauge because like, what are you? No, which, which. God forbid they just like like that that somebody just releases information, right? It's like I know, right? Just right. If there's a setback, just say there's a setback. What? I well, we lost Tom again. Well, but I get I get the point of what he's saying. If if there's a setback, just say there's a setback. I don't know. They, they, there's a whole lot of like mystery going on with with this intentional mystery going on with the Robert Williams thing. Like Jason Tatum was asked the question about the uh, Rob's return. And as he was starting to say, you know, we don't want to rush him back and everything. You can see his eyes catch somebody in the back of the room, probably one of the PR staff kind of waving him off. Cause he suddenly says, Oh, well, um, Nope. I'm, I guess I'm done. And then he lets out a swear and it's like, okay, next question. So there's, there's like intentional mystery going on here, but you're right, Tom. If you're, if you're just going to say, like, yeah, he had a minor setback, but it was fine. You know, he, he felt some pain. Now that's gone. But the message is being controlled very tightly. It's being controlled very tightly. No, no. You say 8 to 12, and I get it. I get it. I get to play devil's advocate. Because it's Rob, if you say the word setback, what do the people latch on to? That he was back in nine weeks or that he had a setback? If you say eight to 12 and you say nine weeks and he comes back in nine weeks and you'd be like, Hey, he came in, in the window and they don't have, they don't tell us that there's a setback. They just say, can't, we said eight to 12. He came back in nine. That's all you need to know. And everybody goes, okay, he's back. He's healthy. No discussion. If you say six to eight and it's nine and you, and it comes out like, yeah, I had a little set, setback there, but I'm fine. Now you get the Felgers of the world, but like, ah, you know, I, 
just, yeah, I can't even can't even heal right. He's got he's got another setback. Uh, can we trust this guy? Like, I can understand that with Rob, you want to control the message a little bit, but it, it, sometimes it gets to be like extremes. But anyway, yeah, yeah. bottom line is, I like what I'm hearing about Rob. He seems to be good, and I think he'll be back. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to over over anticipate this or I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but if he's, if he's like this now, that eight to 12 weeks is coming up. Can we see him in two weeks? It feels like we might be able to see him in two weeks or three. Either way, either way. It's exciting. The Do we see him before December? I think we could. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Can we see Malcolm Brogdon in the starting lineup? Uh, for people who caught the NBA TV version of the Celtics and Knicks, you heard um, you heard the broadcast kind of discussing when when will they start Malcolm Brogdon? It's a thing that's coming up. We're going to talk about that next. First, I'm going to talk about Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy done right. If you go to PrizePicks.com and you check out across the top, it's NFL, NBA, NHL. I mean, there's there's sports all over the place. And, and if you just pick on the NBA and you say, hey, I'm going to take Cade Cunningham. You got points, rebounds, points, rebounds, and assists, three-pointers made. Whatever category you choose, it's you against the numbers. That's the beauty of prize picks. You pick uh, two to five players. You pick what their projections are. They set the projections. You pick over or under. If you're right, you win. You're not playing against anybody else. If you're right, you win, and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Prize Picks offers these projections on just about any sport that you watch. These entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Super easy, super safe, and fast withdrawals, which is not something you're going to find everywhere when it comes to daily fantasy. It's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks gives you another $100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks adds 50. But only if you enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Hey, when you're done with this podcast, and I hope you listen all the way through to the end, make Locked On Sports today your second listen. It's the games that matter. It's the biggest stories in sports, and you go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with the local experts that only Locked On can give you. It's insight that you're not going to find anywhere else. It's Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, wherever you found this podcast, and on YouTube, so check it out. Malcolm Brogdon. Tom, good at basketball. I don't know if you know that. It's good at basketball. Um, so good that people are suggesting, hey, wow, he's so good. Celtics should start him. They should figure out a way to start him and go a different route. I am like in love with his role. <laughs> I love the way he is being used. I love the freedom that he has on that second unit to be Malcolm Brogdon. I love how much better he makes these guys. I think the way he's playing, he's playing his way into solidifying himself yeah. in the second unit. 
I don't think there's any reason to start him. And as I said on yesterday's podcast, for people who didn't hear it, I like the, for lack of a better term, well, lack of freedom, the being a starter gives Marcus smart. It does kind of put him into a position where whenever the Celtics are whole, I think I've, I've noticed this, when the Celtics are whole, they, Smart has these awesome games. When somebody is down, he generally tries to overcompensate. Now, that didn't happen uh, against the Knicks necessarily, but when, when the Celtics are whole and he says, oh, well, I've got Jalen, i got Jason, i got Rob, i got all these guys to pass to, I don't need to be shooting, i got all these options. Sometimes he's left open and he shoots, and we've seen some of the worst of Marcus Smart, but I, I just love the way Smart's role, Brogdon's role, the minutes distribution. I think that's the one thing of all the things the Celtics need to fix. That's the one thing that they should absolutely not touch. Yeah. I think sometimes people fiddle with things just to fiddle with them, right? Like people want to have like a little, a little Celtics controversy, right? Like, Ooh, what's the, uh, hmm, I think Malcolm Brogdon should be starting. Why is it Malcolm <laughs> Brogdon starting? Are you, are you watching? He's not starting because the units that he plays on with this, with the second group, he's demolishing teams by like, 20 points per possession like those yeah or, or, or per 100 possessions like those those teams are, are just those those groups are destroying teams why would you change that up also not for nothing malcolm brogdon has made it very clear that he could be starting uh, on any other team in the league and everybody needs to know that and his teammates have made it clear that he could be starting on any other team in the league and everybody has to know that however mm -hmm. he is happy coming off the bench like he has accepted it. it it's fine. Like if the, there's no reason to kind of rock that boat when the boat is cruising like this. He gets right. closing minutes. He gets, you know, basically starter minutes on this Celtics team. You know, he he gets and 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 the units that he's playing with are just destroying people. Like it, it is completely like any I like any controversy about should Malcolm Brogdon start, should Malcolm Brogdon not start is completely manufactured and not necessary at all because you know, everybody involved has said they're happy with how things are are going, and the results kind of speak for themselves. The results do speak for themselves, and I think that the um, the notion, like, I get the notion because Marcus Smart can have his games where he's he's just not making the best decisions. I know that Marcus Smart can. Uh, have those frustrating games like Tom is frustrated with his internet. I'm being shadow banned. <laughs> but I get it. I, you say, because this is, I think, part of the concept that people just say, you you start your best five and you, you that's then you go to the bench and you can say Malcolm Brogdon is playing better than Marcus Smart. Okay. But it's all about the role, and it's all about getting that consistent production for 48 minutes. And I just don't think it makes much sense to like, – if you're, if you're playing uh, Grant and Hauser and Tatum and a big – like right now they're doing Luke Cornett or Noah Vonley while Luke Cornett's dealing with whatever he's dealing with, personal reasons – do you want, who would you rather have leading that unit smart or Brogdon? And 
I love Marcus Smart as a point guard. I love mm. Marcus Smart as a point guard. I think Marcus Smart is a good starting point guard. I admit that he makes some bad decisions, but I don't think putting putting Marcus Smart on the second unit where he will feel like he's the second best player is the right thing to do. Right. Because then he's going to be the guy who's jacking shots and he's not going to be kicking out to Grant as often or not kicking out to um, Hauser as often. Now, I could be wrong. He could get to the rim pretty pretty well too. I just... His little post-ups are nice. Yeah. That's something I want to get to as well. I think Marcus Smart in the post has been great. Used, used you know, in the right situations. Correct. You're not going to do it all the time. Yeah. But... Marcus Smart inside around the paint is really, really good. The little fadeaways in the paint, those little that area there is his wheelhouse. And I know everybody wants to shoot threes, and threes, three is more than two. And even if you shoot 32% from three, you still got it, you know, that's the like mid 40s from, from two. I get all that. But making shots. That's where that's where Marcus Smart is really, 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 really good. And I'd rather see him taking those shots with, you know, on the occasions that he gets the ball, I'd rather see him taking those um, when everybody's hugged up on Jalen, when everybody's hugged up on Jason, and and he gets a, a, a mismatch in the paint, a mismatch on the post. Marcus Smart in the post is awesome. And I don't even know what his post-up numbers are. I just know for a fact what I see. Yeah. He's either scoring or he's finding guys. And doing that four or five times a game is exactly what we want from Marcus Smart. He's great in that area. Yeah. It's I, I mean, again, I, I think there's nothing broken here, right? Like, like there's right. like uh, because because the argument, right, for, for, for swapping smart and Brogdon, it, it like would have to be offensive because like, because, because Brogdon is, is a better offensive player, but the Celtics offense doesn't need any help. Like it's, it's really good. And I mean, to your point about smart getting into the paint too, um, per cleaning the glass, the Celtics now have the number one half court offense in the league. Like they are the best, they, they, they are scoring the most points in the half court of any team in the NBA. To me, that just suggests a team that has figured something important out. It's kind of easy to score in transition, at least by NBA standards. Like that's 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 where the easy baskets come. If you're scoring efficiently in the half court, you're good to go. Everything's all set. Smart's a huge part of that. His distribution has been great. Brogdon's a huge part of that because he's been leading that second unit. Again, I think these these roles that are that have been kind of carved out for these guys in the early going make a ton of sense. They are one. I think they're one of the best things that Joe Missoula has done so far as a head coach. <clears throat> Excuse me, is to put these guys in those positions. So I'm yeah. Again, Smart's been really good, especially this last game. Especially this last game. I don't know how you how you look at the way those two guys played against the Knicks and you say anything other than, "Yep, keep it rolling." Because yeah, right. that was probably Smart's best game of the year. And again, Brogdon's just destroying people. So yeah, yeah, don't. Don't mess with success. It's working. I, I love. I love the idea of just somebody coming in like like Brogdon and destroying second units. Like, it's perfect. Who gets who gets to bring Brogdon, a guy like Brogdon, off the bench and the plays with the level of control that he does? And you know, considering 
some of the kind of a little bit more specialty guys that you have playing on the floor with him. Yes. yes. That's, that's the, you know, what he can do for those guys yeah. is, is much more valuable. That's just, it's just so super valuable because, because smart's kind of a specialty guy. Like he, he you yeah. know, he's like a defensive guy who, who distributes like, you know I mean? He can do a little bit more, but like in, in kind of a weird way, he's a specialty guy too. So put him on the floor with guys like Jalen and Jason who can do a little bit of everything. And you know, that helps a lot. I'm just looking at these, these, uh, cleaning the glass numbers. It's so funny how different this team is. Uh, the number yeah. one half court offense and the number 25 half court defense. Yep. I mean, that is just God awful. for These guys, Yep. uh, the number 23 transition offense, but the third best transition defense for all of their problems. They're, they, they're great at getting back. They are. But they can't yeah. defend in the half court all of a sudden. That goes that, back to the original conversation. It does. I think that feels like something that might change here in the uh, relatively near future. And then, you know, you, you get so many. So now now let's let's merge the two conversations because now we're talking about Brogdon and the closing lineups. Now you can close with you can close with uh, well, obviously Tatum and Brown yep. and Rob. So yep. those three guys, size, switchability. Good defense. How, how about how about Tatum's block binge? That dude is just coming out of nowhere. All of a sudden, let me tell you, all of a sudden, Jason Tatum, I'm, I'm completely diverting now. All of a sudden, Jason Tatum is getting to the foul line a ton and naturally, naturally yes. getting to the foul line, not grifting, not James hardening his way. He's naturally being aggressive and getting to the foul line. He's... Euro stepping a lot more than I recall him ever actually Euro stepping. He's defending and like at the rim defending, getting some incredible rebounds. He's rebounding. Like he always got rebounds, but he's, he's in there doing dirty work right now. Tatum is just MVP level play right now. Just I mean, unbelievable. This is the Tatum that I've been waiting for. So side note, <laughs> Tatum is awesome. So you finish with those three and now you have your option of smart white and Brogdon. You can throw in Horford. You have Horford at your disposal. You got Grant Williams at your disposal. You have five guys that you can throw out there situationally for the last two spots. Because you know Jalen, Jason, and Rob are going to be your guys when you're fully healthy. That's amazing to me. That is yeah. an amazing ability. They can close against any any configuration that you want when Rob is back. Because now you can go too big. Now you can go. You can go super switchy. You can go and 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 if for some reason Marcus Smart is having just an off night where you can tell his decision making is just. It's not there. He's jacking up shots and everybody's like, okay, this is not a great Marcus Smart game. Sit him down. Don't, don't close the fourth quarter with him. Go white Brogdon smart. Uh, well, I'm sorry, white Brogdon, Jalen, Jason and Rob. And like, you can do that and just tell Marcus say, Hey man, you didn't have it today. It's not a big deal. You're, you're going to close most games. And hopefully he just understands that he wants to win so badly that he's going to deal with it. So Having Rob back, you talk about who's starting. It's who's finishing. 
that's yeah. going to be where Rob really, really ties this whole thing together. Because you can finish, you can try finishing with Al, but we saw this the other night uh, against Cleveland. I think Al ran out of gas. You can't play him 40 minutes right now. You have to build him up to that. And even in the playoffs, I don't think you're going to be able to play him 40 minutes. I think the 40-minute games for Al are starting to like, you can't do that very much. Well, because it's important to remember that he didn't have an OKC year last year. Yes, he had a lot of minutes. He played a lot of minutes and had a very, yeah. So Rob coming back and you close, if you, if you say we want to close with Brogdon now, now you've got one guy and that's smart white Horford, uh, a grant Hauser, even if you want, if you're, if you're down, if you're down 10, and got to find some more minutes for that guy. He's killing everyone. They've got yeah. more minutes for him. <laughs> and with Rob back, you feel even better about putting Hauser out there because you're like, okay, now you've got an eraser behind him. Yeah. So now yeah, exactly. you have the ability. He allows how like he raises Hauser's defensive game. Brogdon is raising everybody's offensive game. Rob raises people's defensive games. Because it doesn't matter if you get beat quite as much. Right. It still matters, but not quite as much. And so are the Celtics down 99 to 90 with a minute and a half to go? Sure, no problem. Let's throw Grant and Hauser and and you know Rob and Jalen and, and and Jason out there and have a ton of shooting. Or go super small with you know, like yeah. you you have options. So and you know you could put you could put Derek White out there, who somehow is shooting like forty two percent from three this season so far, which is one of the most out. Well, it's 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 what the Celtics expected. That was one of the reasons they traded for him is because they thought that his three point percentage was going to go up, and it didn't last year, but maybe it will now. Because yeah, it's incredible, incredible. What the return of Robert Williams can do for this team and. What the return of Tom Westerholm can do for this podcast. I'm going to wrap it up right there because I think we've made our point. And so uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Tomorrow, it's post-game Memphis Grizzlies. It's a 9 p.m. start, uh, which kind of sucks. That's a late game, but that's all right. 9 p.m. start. I'll be here post-game for you. Post-game podcast all week long. Uh, whenever the Celtics are playing, I'll try to do my, I, I I'm trying to promise, uh, weekend post game podcast. I know I can't get to all the weekend post game podcasts, but I'll give you, I'll try to give you post game on Friday. I'll try to give you post game on Saturday as well. So that would mean, uh, I think that means seven days a week of podcasting this week. So make sure you're subscribed to make sure you get all of these podcasts directly to your device. Watch the show on YouTube so you can see us banter and see the frustrations in Tom's face when his internet cuts out and all of that fun stuff. And uh, share the podcast. Tell your friends and family and everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.